All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. All right, okay. So this has to go up tonight. So this is another one that's going up. Oh shit, yeah. The night that it uh, is. The night of the airing. This the night might, of. This might be more appropriate than ever before. Yeah. Given the subject matter of this evening's podcast. I think so. I thought that we were going to go a lot longer before we got around to doing this one. Right. But then in the evolution of the last 15 episodes of the show show, it's kind of occurred to me that this project just has to be a let's do whatever we want whenever we want kind of thing. Yes. I and agree. that's that's kind of the premise of the whole project anyway. So we want to talk about this show. Yeah. Talk about it now. Well, it works. It makes sense talking about it right now, too. It makes sense. Saturday Night Live comes back this Saturday, mm-hmm. three, four days. Yep. Host Margot Robbie. Yep. Musical guest The Weeknd. How old do you think Margot Robbie is? She's 26. I know. Isn't yeah. that crazy? I know. She was like barely old enough to do full frontal nudity when she did in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. That was like four years ago, wasn't it? Like, yeah. She was super young. Nice, Margot. She's killing it. She She's, is killing she it. She seems to have the whole package. Didn't in like that, her like, in Suicide Squad at all. She really annoyed me, but... That's interesting because I heard that she's the only good a, part. A lot of yeah, a lot of people loved her. Said I didn't she was like the one redeeming thing about it, but I did not see that movie. No. And I don't know if I will at this point. I think there I becomes like there's like a statute of limitations where like if I go long enough without having seen a movie, right. it's like I realize that I can live in a world where I don't know what happened in that movie. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> not really gonna affect your life. Well, and I've I really haven't heard anybody say it was amazing. Like the only no. people who support it are the people who seem to want to offset the severe criticism yeah and even they're just like oh it's not that bad and i think there's there's you know a group of people that will just be okay with most action movies Mm -hmm. like they're like yeah whatever it was fun absolutely i I think that's what i encountered a couple people at work were like no it was good yeah but there there are there are also action movies that i have to imagine even those people and i don't want to say that they have like a low bar like right. a low standard or whatever, because I don't want to like condescend them. People can like what they like. Sure. But there have to be action movies that even those people who just go for the sake of the entertainment of the testosterone and the bangs and the booms and the cars and the mm-hmm. tits. I, and the bangs I, and the booms and <laughs> the cars and the tits. I didn't mean to do a Cosby thing. You turned <laughs> no, it into I d- that. I turned it into That's that. a different movie altogether. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to imagine that even they have a movie that they think is too poorly done. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I can't really think of any. Like, there's a reason that so many people love the Fast and the Furious movies and, like, the reason that, like, they make so much money because they're all those things, but they're also not bad. Yeah. Like, and I haven't seen all of them, but, like, what I've seen of them, they're compelling. They've got enough of a plot. Sure. That it's, you know. You you care about the characters. Yeah. Like sure. like remember the transporter movies with Jason Statham? Yeah. Like I don't know if anybody is going transporter is a thing that needs to be rebooted. No, I agree. <laughs> the transporter and I was it's funny because I was thinking about that. The first transporter movie I really liked. It was all kind of within the realm of possibility. You yeah. know, some it was a little outlandish in parts, but the second transporter movie was the one where he like flew a car off a ramp <laughs> to get a bomb off the bottom of the car. Yep. On on the top of a road sign, he flipped flipped this car upside down, and 
basically like scraped the bomb off. You're describing exactly Michael Scott's criticism of Die Hard 2. He says that the the joy of the first Die Hard is that John McClane is just a cop who right. gets who gets caught in this chaos, and in Die Hard Two he's like fl- practically flying. Right. That that's exactly right. Yeah. I had no idea that Michael Scott made this this same thing. I'm already re- I'm already rewatching The Office. Like this is a show that I came to late, and now I'm going through it again just because it's comforting. Quick aside, while we're talking about it, sure. Did you know that they're doing uh, all this week Office trivia at the board boardroom cafe? Uh, I knew that they were going to have a night. It's okay. all week. Yeah, I think so. Really? And I guess it's, it was very challenging. If it was only one night, it was very challenging. Nat- yeah. Natalie went. Oh, okay. okay. And she was telling me about it. And, and she said like, the questions were not like, who did this in this episode? Some of the questions were like, what was the name of this like tertiary character yeah. for this episode? Well, I went to, and, and free plug for the boardroom game cafe. They're getting a second location in Bedford. I'm so happy for them. Oh, nice. Um, I went to their friends trivia night right. with Becky and an old friend of mine named Lauren, who's like maybe the only person who's seen as much friends as I have yeah. and her boyfriend and her sister. And so it was a lot harder than I would have anticipated. Like it, it's not one of those things where like who, who played Phoebe's boyfriend in these two episodes. Right. Like that's way too easy. It's, did, it's did really, ask- really minute minor stuff that you never considered. Did they ask things like what was Chandler's, address um uh they might have although i happen to know that they had two different addresses they changed the address of monica and and chandler's apartments right i forget what there was like a subscription that went to his place under the wrong name yeah i think that was like an early on um trivia question but everybody knows that the answer to that one is is ms chanandler bong (laughs) i love that everyone (laughs) knows that i don't think i think you and i and probably like (laughs) Well, I don't know, twenty percent. Okay, but but if you're gonna have a friends trivia night, that is too that's something you that's need. too memorable to make it like right. a high stakes question. Yeah, sure. We actually we we, we took issue with one of the questions because one of the questions was you know the episode it's later in the series where Ross goes for a spray tan. Yes, and so. He doesn't turn around in time, or something. Yeah. he ends up getting like the whole treatment he, on just he half of his body. Turns at the wrong time, and he it keeps spraying the same side. Right, so it's measured in in intervals of two or four or something, and so like one side of his body is zero tan, right. and the other side is like like twelve or sixteen or something by the end of the episode. <laughs> right. After all this evening out, and the question was by the end of the episode, what is Ross at? And uh-huh. we worked it out. I don't remember what the correct answer is anymore, but we worked it out and we were correct. Um, but a bunch of tables around us guessed a different answer and the judge had a, had that answer. Uh-huh. So the judge was wrong. And so we're like, no, wait, that can't be right. That's fucked. So during intermission, we went on, on our phones, on Netflix, yeah. looked up the episode, <laughs> confirmed that we were correct, went to the judge and said, look, you were wrong. You owe us those points. And she said, okay. I'll give you the points, but the problem was she didn't take the points from away from everyone else fr- who legitimately got it wrong. Yeah, so they ended up winning. Right? <laughs> Did you lose by a point? We lost by a couple of points. It yeah. wasn't the it wasn't the the game changer, but right. that stuck with us. Sure, we were frustrated. What was the prize for that? Um, I I honestly don't know. It might have just been bragging rights. It probably wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you get so competitive in those. The fun the fun thing about those trivia nights is to see what people come up with for their team names. Right. So. Uh, like I remember one one team with the the Joey Trivianis. Oh, that's really that's good. Too clever. Yeah, we heard it and we we're like, how did how did everyone not come up with that? Right. I'm trying to think of what the other ones were, but what was your team name? 
I I honestly don't know because it wasn't as good as the Joey Triviani's. Right. You know what mine would have been? What's that? Team Regina Falange. <laughs> it might have been in there. Yeah. It might have been in there. <laughs> nice. It probably was. Perfect. Yeah. Um. Okay, so speaking of shows that we're really familiar with, the show we're picking this week being Saturday Night Live, I think both of us are serial watchers, like, you know, not uncommon with... Uh, yeah with the youth of today and the youth of the last 30 years. Except I think you and I have clung on to it a little bit more um, loyally than a lot of people once they reach like their mid twenties and late twenties. It starts, it starts to become a, Oh, I only catch one or two a year. Right. Because I mean, as Lauren Michaels has said in various interviews, it seems like when you're 18 is when SNL is hitting you the hardest. Yeah. He said the the high school years, everyone always says that the, the best years were these years, and it ends up being when those people were in high school. Exactly, yeah. and I and I probably still identify with that because I, I I'm constantly in like a flux of of trying to validate the current cast. Like I I don't ever want to be one of those people who's like SNL is terrible. It, it's it, they need to bring back these people. It's not like it used to be because right. you have to understand that with an ever evolving beast, you're going to have slow years and off years. Right. And, and the other thing that that SNL it's kind of part of like the mythology of SNL and the ongoing chase for the perfect episode is that people remember their favorite sketches and their favorite digital shorts and their favorite hosts, but there's almost never a perfect episode. In fact, it's almost like a good episode is 50-50 good and bad. Yeah. It's a variety show. Right. So it's not supposed to all work. And sometimes part of the experience of the live viewership is going, oh, this one isn't working. Right. Yeah, and it's it's kind of okay. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Wasn't a great one last night. I'm sure that's what the staff of the show thinks too. Probably. Because what Lauren Michael says is like, what is it? Something like, we're never ready, but it's 1230. Yeah, I love or that. Whatever the time, yeah. And that's that's supposed to be the whole point. Like it launched as the not ready for primetime players debut or whatever right. right like that's what that's how they But i think that was in reference to the cast the cast just not being ready to be on a better time slot. not being famous enough yeah yeah it's funny though because like suddenly time slot means less and less right. in television totally and i mean they don't really use the not ready for time primetime players expression anymore anyway no. but um the other thing is that there's often at any given time, there's a handful of people on SNL who are as famous as the most famous movie stars in the world. Like That's Will true. Will Ferrell was hugely famous when in his last year on SNL. Yeah, same with Kristen Wiig. Where they, Andy I think Samberg. we talked about the ridiculous send off that Kristen Wiig had. I really feel like send offs are kind of a lorn softening type thing. Like I don't know if they used to happen. In fact, no. they used to fire their most popular cast members <laughs> right. mid midsummer. Well, it seemed like they were the most popular. Like I think in retrospect, you think they were the most popular, but it's it's kind of rare that they were firing the most popular people. Maybe, but like Adam Sandler got fired. Yeah, but definitely... I think I think he I think there were like complaints and stuff and ratings were down at the time. Maybe. The, the, so they might have had to make the judgment call that Adam Sandler was the one. People were definitely bummed this year to learn about Taryn Killam and Jay Farrow getting fired. I agree. Fired. That's, it struck me as odd. Right. And like, the, Taryn Killam has, I felt, been underutilized in the last couple of years. Yep. Like, he's extremely talented. And you and I were talking earlier off the microphone about how all the Trump sketches last year, except maybe one, featured Daryl Hammond. Right. When Taryn Killam put together a beautiful Trump impression. Totally. And in my in my opinion, kind of more nuanced. I think since the I think that they can always find a cast member to make it work. 
Yeah. Like, remember when, do you remember at all when uh, Will Forte was playing uh, George W. Bush? Oh, okay. And his whole thing was like, you know, we work hard. <laughs> I'm out here working hard. So how long would that have gone on for? I mean, I, obviously it, Will Ferrell famously played him. Yeah, it was only like a year or two. I'm not even sure if it was after, it might it must have been after Will Ferrell left. Yeah, yeah. I, they have to fill it with somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. They had black cast members, and Fred Armisen played Obama. Right. And they didn't put him in blackface because, of course, that would be horribly offensive. But, like, this wasn't that long ago, and now you couldn't get away with a white guy taking a black man's part. Right. It would be considered, there would be, like, there would be so much hate over them not giving the black cast member that job. You're right. And then Jay Farrow took over, and, I mean, I kind of, as talented as he is, I understand them letting him go just because mm. he's going to have so much less screen time yeah. when Obama's not. And I guess I guess he's doing something with uh, like a Jamie Foxx produced TV show. I think Taron Killam is on that too. Oh really? I think they're doing something on the same bill. Yeah. Oh, okay. Get out of here, I, I I think I heard he was going to be on a, a show called Mating. I could, I could be way Taron wrong. Killer? I could Taron. be way off. I know he's directed a movie. Yeah. So they'll be okay. I mean, I yeah. really hope so. It's what it's what Pete Davidson said in this article that I was reading, which is basically like, they're going to be fine. They're both hilarious. <laughs> well, and SNL's Instagram posted today uh, a little, little preview of Kate McKinnon in the Hillary Clinton garb. Right. And, and we were talking about... Is it just going to be Daryl Hammond for the rest of the year? Looks like they got Alec Baldwin. I know. Isn't that crazy? So here's the thing. He obviously is not going to be Alec Baldwin all year. No. It might be Alec Baldwin until the election. Yep. And then they'll go with someone else. It's going to be a, a Tina Fey, Sarah Palin type. And that's fine. And that makes it a lot easier if Trump doesn't win the election. Yeah. You know what? That was a really smart move by them. Because I was wondering if they were going to bring on the guy who does the... Uh, the whole Trump versus Bernie thing that was touring around for a while it was James Adomian and this other guy who played Trump who did it perfectly. Right, right. Like 100% perfectly and wrote all his own lines that were just hilarious and so ridiculous and outlandish uh-huh. um, about like his accomplishments as Trump. Like, you know, I built the first like, <laughs> And it would just be like he'd make the most ridiculous claims and it was awesome he's been on a few podcasts in the past they have had instances where they actually went casting looking for somebody to specifically portray the president in their president sketches because they didn't necessarily have the right person in the cast for it like when obama was first being featured a lot in snl sketches and maybe they were reluctant to use fred armison at first for obvious reasons right they did have a casting call and i know donald glover auditioned oh really and um Jordan Peele auditioned and he does an excellent Obama. Yeah. Um, they ended up not feeling it from anybody and they went with the white guy. Right. Uh, but maybe that's something they would do if, if they determined after November, we're going to need to do a lot more Trump sketches because this guy's around for the next four years. We better get a not ready for primetime player in our cast. Right. Cause like I said to you earlier, as much as I like Daryl Hammond and respect him and think it's cool that he's around the building, and will drop in occasionally, it's cheating to make him part of the cast. <laughs> yeah, to remake after he's retired. Yeah. For full time. Well, yeah, and he's I like agree. 60-something. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He he's he had a good run as it is. And I like that he's the new announcer. And I hope that he gets more Don Pardo-y as it goes on. <laughs> like, it starts getting more consweet. Well, I, I, was, there, was there talk of him actually doing a Don Pardo impression? I think there was. I think, like... They 
I think they might have like ran that by him at first. And yeah. I'm sure he can do an excellent Don Bardo impression. I'm sure. But I think he was kind of like, uh, let's just do a regular. Read. How many times doing that will that start to seem creepy? Yeah. You know, like after how many, like he's been dead for three episodes now. I think I can stop doing his it, voice. He's it been... seems kind of weird though. Like when he does the announcing, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does seem different, I guess. It doesn't even seem like a, you kind of expect kind of a game show announcer style read, but it's just like Matt Slaney. I kind of feel the same way about uh, Steve Higgins, who does the announcing for The Tonight Show. Right. And like you hear Steve Higgins' voice in SNL sketches too. Like if they have an intro voiceover for like a game show sketch or something, you, you can very succinctly recognize Higgins' voice. Okay. And it's a good announcer voice. Yeah. But when he's doing the intro for The Tonight Show, you're just like, this is not... This is not commanding enough. Right. And it's interesting because, like, I'm a radio announcer without a radio voice, so I don't know why I seem to have a problem with sure. that. But you hear the stories of cast members showing up for their first show on SNL, and they hear Don Pardo say their name in the credits for the first time, and they right. get, like, emotional. Yeah. I don't think that can happen anymore because there's nothing that iconic about Daryl Hammond, besides his Bill Clinton impression. Unless he's doing it for like 20 years and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, Daryl Hammond did, said my name. Right, but there's nothing special about his voice. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it hasn't started to quake just <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say, there's two uh, new head writers. Did you know this? Yeah. So, so, so is Colin Yost not there I, I, anymore? Like, I guess maybe he's... He directed a movie last year, yep. so maybe he's doing like enough writing in his own side projects that he's he's cool to just focus on being the update guy right because it didn't say anything about him or che he and seth myers were the co-head writers for like the last couple of years with seth okay he was doing it by himself after tina tina left and then right. uh he did it with jost for a couple years and now he just like, i don't know what it feels like to no longer be the head writer that would be weird yeah i would think but i don't think che was ever a head writer no i kind of thought they were both the head writers maybe or maybe we just associate update with sure. being the head writer well and that makes me wonder if if it is the head writers is sarah schneider and this uh what's the other what's the other guy's name sarah schneider w had a long run on college humor oh so did a lot of you know those jake and amir videos that i was showing you cool she's actually in a bunch okay and like obviously i'm sure probably pitched in on some jokes and all the other college humor things sure but i've noticed her in the credits for the last couple of years Okay. Um, just as a writer. They, they've brought on um, a couple of new cast members. One of them is Melissa Villasenor. Have you seen any of her videos? No, I saw, I saw her name posted today, but I She's have no idea. She's apparently was. the first Latina cast member in SNL history, 42 okay. years or whatever in. It wow. seems kind of odd, but... Yeah. Um, She's familiar to people because she like went pretty far on America's Got Talent like four or five years ago. And this was when I was watching that show and I remember her coming out and doing Kathy Griffin and uh, Sarah Silverman. And oh, okay. She does a, a really bizarrely good Natalie Portman. You don't think of Natalie Portman as being somebody who who you would do. Right. But those often make for the best impressions. Yeah. Because she, she gets it and you're like, holy shit. Right. Um, so she's really good. I can vouch for her. But apparently she got in a little bit of trouble because... Um, trolls started combing through her Twitter now that she's like oh, no. profiled and she had some uh, offbeat tweets that she's had to go back and, really? and delete and everything. I don't even think they're that bad. I no. think that she just maybe, I don't know. I, I think that they were uh, the right amount of edgy for a nightclub stand up, right? but not if you're going to be on television where everybody's looking for you to do something wrong. Sure. 
There was a. And you're not a Republican presidential nominee. There was a a couple of years ago. There was a rookie NBA player uh, that was going to play with the Lakers, and he said something in like high school about Kobe being a rapist. Oh my god! And then he was playing with Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what happened to that guy? I think he. I don't know. He probably got a stern talking to and like spent some time on the bench maybe. or like It didn't got... end his career necessarily. No, I don't think so. I don't think his career was ever going to be that long. Okay. But it might have been. Because I, I, it sucks to witness the moment where somebody loses everything. Like I think back to, I remember when, when Jenny Slate and Nassim Pedrad got hired in the same year. For, for a second, I was like, I'm going to have a hard time telling these girls apart. Right. And then... Jenny Slate was out so fast. Yeah. And I think a lot of people assume it's because she tripped up and said the F word on SNL in her first ever sketch that she led, right. her first ever episode. And she was on for like a full year after yeah, that. Yeah, I know. And she was really good. She was really good. And she's she's actually done great since. Yeah. Which doesn't always happen. Yeah. Which is really nice. Um, and Nassim Pedrad is, is on a handful of TV shows too. She's on New Girl now. Oh, great. She plays Winston's girlfriend. That's awesome. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She's really funny. She, I always, I always thought that she was hugely underrated and she was like, everybody talks about Kristen Wiig and obviously Kristen Wiig is very talented and hilarious, but like she was on at the same time and she, she's never really been part of like the token girls club of SNL. Like she doesn't seem to be in with Tina and Amy and Maya. I know what you mean. And I just always thought that she was impossibly funny. Yep. She was great. And there, and so there's, there's two other people that are on new on the show but couple of newbies yeah do you know them at all from anything no but people on reddit seem to know who they were i mean leave it to people on reddit to be like i know who this person is right um i didn't know who they were though probably yeah. you know probably coming up through groundlings or doing online sketches yep yeah whatever. online sketch i think that's how ad bryant was found i think ad bryant originally did um uh girl from girls what's her name lena dunham lena dunham yeah she did what uh, she did Lena Dunham impressions. Oh, um, really? Uh, yeah. I remember seeing... Did she, did she do it on the show? She did it on the show, too. That's a good example of yeah. somebody who you wouldn't think you would do an impression right. of. But when you see it, you're just like, that's it. Right. That's Ariana so cool. Grande is uh, is another one. She did a, a Jennifer Lawrence Jennifer impression. Lawrence. I was thinking... It was great. Recently, actually, because I saw that sketch again. It was yeah. the Family Feud sketch she did. I was thinking, like, it's a little early to say, but if I were to ask you... Who is the modern most most favored favorable uh, host of Saturday Night Live? Like the right. the current Alec Baldwin. Who who is that now? Well, I, I'll I'll put it this way: she was one of my favorite hosts of last year. Right. I'm thinking probably Timberlake is like the most anticipated. Oh, sure. Is yeah, probably yeah. the most anticipated host. Yeah, because definitely. he's he's proven himself right. to be like perfect at it. Yep. She really stands a chance of being the other one. Right. I think just from having seen her do it once, but she had like enough poise and confidence. Totally. And, and she's also and, she also grew up a Mickey Mouse kid or you know a yeah. Mouseketeer. Right. So it, or you know just a Disney actor. Yeah. That's what Miley Cyrus also really awesome when she. Hosts. She was good. Yeah. It's funny when when like the the people who you're inclined to not like actually turn out to be really good at this kind of show. Yeah. They also announced today that Lynn Manuel Miranda is going to do the second episode of the season. I heard that. I'm super jazzed on that. Do we know who's going to be the third? No. No. Not okay. yet. Usually they bring out the first three all at once. Yeah. I'm going to be interested to see how people react to to Lynn hosting the show because to people who know him, mm-hmm. there's like a lot of reverence. Right. But people who don't 
couldn't give less of a shit and don't understand why he's famous. And like, even as a super fan, I don't really understand how he got so famous. Like other than that celebrities loved his play enough to talk about it constantly. Right. But like think of how few people have been able to witness his art next to respective to how famous he is. That's true. But a, uh- but his album was super successful. Just the soundtrack yep. for like was so successful. But not, um, but not like on the radio. No, you you're know, right. Not in an Ariana Grande way. You're right. It's not. It's not on the radio. He's yeah. I guess more of like an underground superstar. Yeah, he's he's becoming like a, a main fixture of popular culture right. modernly. He was a question on Jeopardy last night. Oh wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I'm still not over how how much I love Hamilton. I think it's amazing. Yeah, still, I told I told you my sister saw it a couple weeks so ago. Cool. Right? Yeah, she didn't see him though. No, I know she saw the back. I think she was still completely enamored with the whole thing. But, but this is a guy who should be able to thrive in the high pressure quickness of the theater of Saturday Night Live. I think so too, and I think he was always into theater before. Um, yeah, he was always into theater and and rap. Well, he was like going to be a teacher, and right. he was a substitute teacher when oh, yeah. his first play in the Heights uh, hit Broadway, and then he got to leave being. But he was going to be like a drama teacher, and he was right. in the high school play, and it was the classic story of being in the high school play to get girls or whatever. Sure. Um, but I mean, there's definitely a chance he'll wrap his monologue. That seems like the thing to do. Yeah, I would say you'd be missing an opportunity if you didn't. He's a ball of charisma. He's so good. But also, you kind of want every skit to be like a freestyle rap. I know. Or not freestyle rap, but just a written rap. Yeah, totally. No, I know. I, 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 I'm excited, and I'm excited for Margot Robbie, too. I mean, I'll put it, I'll put it this way. So for the the NFL, Rob Riggle, you know, the comedian Rob yep. Riggle, he always does, like, these picks on, uh, on Fox's NFL broadcast. Okay. So during the pre-show, they're like, and let's see this, like, you know, edited thing from Rob Riggle, and he'll make his three picks. But... The first one of the year, he did a uh, Hamilton spoof. Oh, nice. That Yeah, so it was like a whole musical thing, and it was about the Patriots' backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. And the whole thing, like, it was it was exactly like Hamilton. I'll show you after the, after the podcast. Okay. But it was, like, super comedic. It yeah. was kind of like, Jimmy Garoppolo, my <laughs> name is Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, like, it started with this... Massachusetts guy be like, what happens when this happens? Yeah. Right. Oh, I can hear that. That's cool. It was, it was pretty funny. Anyways, it was basically just about him being a huge fuck up. They did the same thing on the Tonys. That was how James Corden opened it up. Oh, was it? Okay. How does a late night, such and such, such and such, nobody grew up to host the Tonys. Yeah. Don't Um, you find that James Corden is so quickly going into that, area that people are just now putting jimmy fallon in which is kind of the like cheesy not willing to pull any punches i definitely find him to be comparable to jimmy fallon like he's he's definitely the offset that cbs has to offer right and like you they kind of cross over a little bit in that like seth myers is more textbooky and reading from cue cards and doing like really analytical stuff yeah which is what stephen colbert does right and it's more like playing patty cake on the other two shows the james corden and the tonight show with jimmy fallon i don't find it to be quite as frivolous though to be honest i find their 
I mean, uh, their ideas on James Corden are just more interesting. To to write a rap battle for David Schwimmer and James Corden to perform is right. so much more interesting than what were they doing the other night on the Tonight Show that I was just like, how is this fucking television like throwing cupcakes at a target or something? Yeah, well, like it, at least that's like visually appealing, right? Like I, I, Jesus Christ, I forget what they were doing on 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 Fallon, but it's it's something as simple as like. Uh, what was your like? They have a box of questions to wow. to ask uh, Norm Macdonald or whatever the fuck, right. and they're like, "So, what was your first concert? What was your? Tell me about your first kiss." Are you kidding? You could have just done that sitting at the desk. This is cranium. Yeah. This is not the yeah. Tonight Show. This is stupid. <laughs> and so I I I see what you mean. And could complacency come in over time after James Corden's become a little bit more institutionalized? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and then it could be a problem. But right now, I still see an authenticity in his enthusiasm. Right. Where with Jimmy, I don't so much see that. Like a video was going around today of um, the the Tonight Show just decided to throw up on their YouTube channel uh, this clip with Kate Hudson, where they kept the cameras rolling while they were uh, down for commercial. Okay. And all the comments were just like, "Jimmy is so natural here." just joking around with Kate Hudson and just talking with her like a human. This is entertaining. Right. And then he like suddenly becomes so phony when, 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 when the, the show is happening. Start. And like, I never used to really like, I, I'll, I've criticized Jimmy Fallon a lot on this podcast, but like, right. I, I don't necessarily think his laugh is fake, right. but having seen this authentic point, I kind of see now where people are coming from when they, sure. when they call him up for being fake. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. And I think we're both in Jimmy's corner. I want I want Jimmy to be okay. I think deep down we... But like you said before, he's lenoing hard. He's lenoing. He's lenoing hard. He's starting to leno spiral. I think that's true. But like this is a guy who a lot of people have just kind of from, from Jump Street not really been on board with. Like I've always been in Jimmy's corner and that he's just an affable, talented person objectively. Mm -hmm. yeah. But like back in the day... People are like, I hate this guy. He's always breaking in sketches. Right. And like, that's weird because a lot of comedians are are loved for that same reason. Like the Carol Burnett show, like that's what that show was. And it's a different kind of sketch comedy. You take Stefan. This is like maybe right. the, if you took a poll of every basic bitch and every pleb in, in like millennial culture, they would probably come out on top saying Stefan is the best SNL character of their generation. And that character is, is funny, but it's also built around breaking. It was built to break. Right. So that's what makes it so funny. So he, yeah, it got around really quickly that he didn't know what the next line was going to be. And I think it, it seemed real. Like you could, part of the, part of the enjoyment was you, you really saw Bill struggling to keep it together. Right. And when it would finally pour through like the dam in Lord of the Rings, it was so gratifying. Yeah. But with Jimmy Fallon, it just seemed like he would give it up for anything. I think, yeah, you're right. I know what you mean. I think Bill Hader might be my favorite SNL cast member ever. Yeah. I remember, I guess it wasn't last year. It was right around the 40th, whenever the 40th was happening, and SNL was being talked about a lot. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Stone did a slightly controversial, uh, do you remember this? Yep. Uh, an, an expose, if you will, on every one of the 144 people who have ever been cast members on SNL. Right. They and, did a top, well, they just did a top 100, didn't they? No, they ranked them all. Every single person. Because I re distinctly remember they put Robert Downey Jr. in last place. Right. And I mean, like, he was... I think it's a better argument that he was on the worst year of SNL 
Not that he was the worst cast member. Yeah, so was Julia Louis-Dreyfus, wasn't she? Uh, she I, was around then. And I think they might have ranked her hot, like way higher just by virtue of her being a good comedic actor. Well, I think it was just really safe to put Robert Downey Jr. in last. Yeah. Because I, I, like, if you're just going to put some nobody who failed after SNL, it's mean. Yeah. But like with Robert Downey Jr., he's the highest paid actor last year. And everybody loves him. And sure. he's fine. And he can take it. Right. So it was the safe thing to do. Yeah. And he wasn't very good on the show. But also, like you have to imagine, in the year 1981 or whenever he was a cast member, it was probably not such a good environment for him to be in, yeah. considering Robert Downey Jr.'s history. <laughs> Who was second last? Do you I don't. Know? I don't know who was second last. I was gonna look at the list before coming over too. But. I have it around here. I've saved that issue, but I. Yeah. I, I just kind of ran out of time. I know they put Belushi in first, and I think that's a mistake. I think that's also a calculated thing that they didn't do. Didn't they put Eddie Murphy in first? Uh it's not what I read today. No. Maybe I, that's, that does sound familiar. I actually. thought it was Eddie Murphy. I, I. I. I don't think it was, but Eddie Murphy might have been two or three. Yeah. Okay. And that's a that's fair, um, but I. I, I would I would tend to rank Eddie Murphy higher than John Belushi just because John Belushi, like he he helped to to form like the modern perception of what SNL is and he was a part of the legend. Mm-hmm. But let's not put him higher than he needs to be just because of like the tragedy of John Belushi. Yeah, let's 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 put someone who like will get the most consistent laughs. You reminded me of this list though because I remember they were they were really fair to the generation of SNL which would. Uh, by Lauren's assertion, be our favorite generation right. of SNL, which is to say the everything between Will Ferrell and Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. And I remember they put Bill Hader maybe in the top five. He oh, and wow. Kristen both both were in the top ten. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. Forgot that the uh, the thing about Bill Hader, I think he's just a real like. Anytime I read anything from him or he does any interviews or even talks about his favorite things. Like, I'm constantly looking for more interviews from Bill Hader because of those. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll have to check that out and end up really liking it. Did you know he played BB-8? Uh, yeah, I knew it was between him and, and Ben Schwartz. Really? Yeah. Ben Schwartz? Ben Schwartz. No fucking way. They, they're the two people who did the... Who created the voice of BB-8. There's a guy who couldn't have possibly... He probably can't believe the Stranger Things attention he's getting yeah. over John Ralphio. Yeah, I just heard about this. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I saw a video on his Instagram of basically that the dude from Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, Steve Har- Harrington. Yeah. Is that and his name? Yeah. Like, just like, it was, it was uh, closed up on Ben Schwartz's face, and then he just like his head just drifts appears. In. Yeah, yeah just drifts in did you see the one where they sit down with like an access hollywood reporter no and, and she's like grilling oh, I'd them love to see it they're, the point the point of the sketch is they're like they neither one of them see it they're like i don't really see the resemblance but they're doing all the same mannerisms oh, and they show nice. up in the same clothes and like throughout the sketch they're like wait a second you are my father <laughs> and the interviewer was like you realize that's impossible like he's way younger than you and <laughs> nice. anyway i so love like a whole mini skit i love ben schwartz i can't believe he was in Star Wars yeah. and I didn't know and loves Star Wars like Man. one one of the things on Comedy Bang Bang like every skit that they do ends up with <laughs> you know how he got his start how he just uh, he would sit at home like as a teenager yeah and write jokes for David Letterman and he would mail them to David Letterman right and he and got on Letterman. in his early 20s he got on Letterman man that's amazing that's a cool story I didn't know that he mailed. That's so sweet. He mailed jokes in and like he got hired as a staff writer, I think. And then he got hired onto SNL. 
He was a writer on SNL? He was a writer on SNL, yeah. Man, that's cool. Yeah. I would love to see a list of the people who were just writers on SNL and have, have also been in front of the camera. You're now. right. That would be super interesting. Because people like, like Seth Meyers and... Actually, no, Seth Meyers wasn't hired as a writer. He was hired just as a cast member, which is hilarious because that's the opposite of what he became. Right. But Tina Fey was hired as just a writer. Yep. And she ended up on Update. Yep. And, and Tina ranked pretty well on the Rolling Stone list, too, I think. They were yeah. pretty generous. Yep. I, uh, I, speaking of people that I really liked on SNL, who's in the same class, uh, have you watched any of the new Brooklyn Nine-Nine season? No. There's just been a couple episodes. Man, that is one show that is still on like a network that makes me really laugh. Yeah, no, I think that it's like, it's almost, I I, I would have expected it to have been on five or eight years ago. Like right. it's, it's it's of the 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, yeah. The Office ilk. Yeah. It's, it's that good You're back totally when like, right. like strange, absurd network sitcoms were working. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those, and people seem to get it. Yeah, I'm thrilled for it. Yeah, totally. And I'm still watching New Girl. Oh, are you? Yeah, still good. I know. I think it's funny, and it's funny enough. I honestly watch it because my girlfriend was watching it sure. anyway. But, but yeah, and and it comes on right after Brooklyn Nine Nine. So. I watched New Girl the most the year we lived in the Valley. Right. And I I don't know what I, why I fell off of it. I think it's, I just I didn't really like Nick and Jess getting together. I think. Yeah. It's and, it's not. I don't think it's as funny but it's still pretty funny how have they evolved because like nick i like i super hard identified with nick yeah. in the early seasons i was right. like this guy's is me but right. but i don't know if i want to keep watching a guy like that because yeah. really it was he was a sad version of me right well nick, nick and jess were kind of the will they or won't they right and they still are are they on they're not on right now okay no. He's kind of dating Megan Fox, who filled in for, <laughs> who filled in sure. for her, yeah. And uh, he actually lost a bunch of weight this season. Okay. I don't know how to explain that. And um, Cece and uh, Schmidt, Schmidt, yeah, are married. I knew that. Uh, and that's does that take much anything it. away? Winston's, from, Winston's a cop. Does that take anything away from Schmidt? Because part of him being like a like kind of a, a weird lonely person was was important to his character. Yeah, I think now they've kind of made like his character. Like for instance, the episode last night was they were canvassing for Hillary Clinton. Okay, um, Jess and uh, Cece. So Schmidt was super against it and said he wasn't going to vote for either candidates, but he was Paul Ryan twenty twenty. That was his big. That was his big push. Like he was a Republican, and then he ends up that like, works working in the the Hillary like like office. Like he goes in to try to find them, but can't find them. And then he just starts like he's like, "What stinky fish concert did this like <laughs> group roll up from?" But starts like organizing the envelopes and ends up being because Schmidt know, play for them. Schmidt being uh, I I dare say like the Fez or the Urkel of New Girl. Like <laughs> right. he's he's like the weirdest one. He's he's the Sheldon too. Like he's the one who Winston's kind of there too though. Really? Like Winston's so weird. Okay. Like he's become the but like they're all sharing it equally now, I think. Right. But Winston especially has grown in how weird he's It's good been. if they're spreading that out because yeah. after a show's been on the air for a few years, it's really easy for people to like rest into the the really uh, frail archetypes of their characters. Right. Like by the last season of Friends, everything that came out of Chandler's mouth was a punchline. Yes. It was just like, it, this is who Chandler is. He's the punchline guy. And Joey became more and more stupid. Like in the first, Absolutely. In the first season, he was like, you know, he 
was able to come up with kind of quick responses yeah. too, but like wasn't the dumb idiot. Right. No, by the end of it, he was like, he had food on his face all the time. Like he was <laughs> yeah, a patient. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> he was a patient. <laughs> they had to like baby proof everything. Basically. How dumb Joey was. And, and like, I, I'm not criticizing friends because it obviously worked. Although that is a show that, that had it gone any longer, it would have been a problem for yeah. it, but it would have been very easy for Schmidt to just become the guy who's even even though everything's going okay for him now and he's with the girl of his dreams and and whatever for him to just be zany all the time right. when schmidt works best when he's crazy because of his shielded insecurities i don't right. need to apply too that, much that's depth a good to po- a that's sick- a good point i think they play on that still all the time okay his shielded insecurities like they have to find it in different places though because it used to be sparked from he's secretly in love with cc right now i think it comes a little bit more from like his employment and his like they're looking for a house and i, th- I think i think stuff. nick and schmidt are supposed to be the same person they just handle it differently yeah. Right? They're, sure. they're, they're exactly the same guy. They just, they have complete opposite ways of being that guy. Right. That's how I see it anyway. No, I'm think, applying too much depth to a sitcom. I think so too. Probably. But, but we could have this. Honestly, this is one conversation that I just think we need to have off of the podcast because if we go any deeper, I think it becomes the new girl show. It's too interesting for us and yeah. less interesting for all of the listeners. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to toe the line between what's dull for the listener. And, yeah. like, I think that we're, the show is probably the best when we we stop talking about TV for a second and we're like, so I feel sad today. Not that that happens <laughs> a lot. Do we do that? No, but, like, sometimes, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, sometimes... Well, I don't know. Sometimes I say personal stuff on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know sure. what I'm trying you to say. You more so than me, definitely. Probably. You're more of an open book, which surprises me. Really? Yeah. I don't, yeah, maybe maybe because I crave it so much. Well, maybe it's so do I, but I just I I, I don't even think <laughs> you just I just have more self control. I don't. Yeah, I think I, I'm something in my body just prevents me from opening up too much. Okay. Yeah. Are you are you scared of what people might think? I I can't even respond to that because that would be opening up. That too would much. be an honest. Really? You're no, gonna I'm you're just, gonna be I'm that just, guarded? I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, no, I don't know. I just it never occurs to me. You know, sometimes when you have a good day at work and you're answering questions really clearly yeah. and you're like, oh, I think I'm just going like stream of consciousness and it's it makes so much sense. Right. I think that's the way you handle the podcast. Well, I, I just come from somebody who wants, I want there to be as little small talk in the world as possible. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just think about like how much quieter the world would be if there was no small talk. Like you and go into the world and you just be like, said. it's so quiet out here. It's so nice. Right. <laughs> I would love that. And But what we do could be considered small talk. Mm, I think it's friends talking about a thing that we share. Yeah, that's fair. And... And like that, I rolled over on that one pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just the backbone of the podcast. Like it's called the show show, but like that's just a silly name. That's we just really a just jump open, off point. We open up the microphones and we just like talk. Right. Like often the first fifteen minutes of the podcast are not about the subject matter at all. Like we mm-hmm. got into it pretty fast today, but we haven't talked about SNL in ten minutes now. That's true. So yeah, right. like I, I I do it at work too, like even with people I'm not very close with, I'll come in and they're in the kitchen and I don't know this person. And I'll either not say anything, and maybe that makes me come off as antisocial, I don't know. Mm. Or I'll be like, man, don't you ever judge people for what they order in the line at Subway? Right. And I just want to hear what they have to say sure. about that. Cause that's like, that's I, awesome. I do not want to come in and be like, so we had another bomb threat in Halifax. Right. Because that's 
that there's nothing we can offer. Actually, I was on a conference call with someone today and they were like, so how's the weather there? Oh, and please. I was, I was just being silent before that. Cause I was like, yeah, well I don't, you know, I'm just going to like be checking emails right now. And, and I went into it and like, we had a big thing and then yeah. I was like, Oh, so you're in Toronto. Are you catching any blue Jays games? Like right. that kind of stuff. That's a little bit more interesting. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, and then, like, thankfully, once I got to that point, it was like, hey, we're all here. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> I would love to get to the point in, in, in this phase uh, of, my, of my effort to clear the world, rid the world of, of small talk, where I could actually say to people who bring up conversations about the weather, where I could actually say, you know, I don't want to talk about that. Not interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. Because, Boring. Like, because then you have to keep riding the elevator with that stranger. That's true. Although maybe part of them will respect that or maybe they'll just be like, what a punk. Or maybe you start taking the stairs. I do take the stairs sometimes. Like right. like if I'm parking my car in the garage at the same time as somebody else, I'm yep. like, stairs it is. Because <laughs> we're going to get to the elevator at the same time. <laughs> and it's not even like... It, but don't you find that's kind of a diss if you're walking to the elevator at the same time? You're like, no, that's fine. I'm taking this. Sometimes I take the elevator with someone because I'm like, well, they're there. So Oh, no, no, no. No, the, stair, the stairs are like in a different place too. So like they would just assume that this is always where I go. I yeah, but we're taking the same stairs or elevator. <laughs> so when I see someone okay, at the elevator. But like nobody takes the stairs. So yeah, like if fair. I take the stairs, they just might be like, well, that's where he's going to go. Or he just lives one floor up. Right. I, I don't think they would ever consider like he's doing that to get away from me. And if sure. they do, they're right. So <laughs> <laughs> great points. Honestly, like <laughs> bonus points for you. Yeah. And you nailed it. It's, it's not even that it's a problem to ride in the elevator with somebody, it's waiting for the elevator with somebody. Right. Because you don't know how long that's going to be. Right. <laughs> that's hilarious. And I just, I'm, I'm not, like, here in the building, we all have the same floor plan in common. Yeah. So we could at least talk about that. That's more personal than the weather. Yeah. We could be like, so, do you, do you have the extra storage closet or do you have the wheelchair accessible? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so that right. brings up the perfect segue of who was your favorite I, I just wanted to go through the like four i guess um eras eras of decades really so far. the four decades yeah who do you think was the best uh snl actor not ready for prime time player in the 70s Oh God! I'm Dan Aykroyd. I'm more of a Dan Aykroyd guy. Than... You're more of a Dan. I, well, I mean I'm Bill actually, Murray. I'm yeah, that's a good point. Bill Murray was great. I was gonna say Chevy Chase. I've always just I know that he's like probably the least liked right yeah. now. Yeah. But I've always just really liked his sense of humor and kind of his like physical comedy. Like sure. In Caddyshack, I thought that was so funny. Well, and he kind of created How the original. Asked okay, I got what I needed from this. Now I'm going to go be a movie star. Right. Which is kind of what SNL is supposed to be now, is yeah. a, like a, a farm team. Totally. So so that really worked. And I mean, it didn't didn't last. A, yeah, he's an asshole. I think I read somewhere that he's banned from SNL. Yeah. Well, he was banned from SNL. He was back to do a, a five-timers club sketch a little while ago. Or right. The 40th or something, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but he he was a, a dickhead. I think I'm more of a Dan Aykroyd guy. Sure, Bill. Yeah. I I would say after Chevy Chase, Bill Murray. I like Bill Murray a lot. Too, He's but. definitely the most revered of that first five years. Yeah. in the cast. Steve Martin, great too. Steve Martin's never been a cast member. Really? Never been a cast member. Common misconception. He is the second most frequent host ever, fifteen times to Alec Baldwin's sixteen. Yeah. He has the record holder for. Um, 
the only person to host three times in one season. And he's the only person who has hosted a season premiere, a season finale, and a Christmas show. But he's never he's been a cast never member. never been a cast oh member. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Common misconception. Because he was, like, really in his in his height right. when that show was there's, in its first There's height. probably, like, a Steve Martin box set. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. And he's he's considered part of the SNL family, absolutely. Right. But, but no, he's he's never been. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess the other person... You know, they they kind of did a year where, um, uh, well, why can't I think of his name? We both know him, Bill. Uh, Bill. Not Bill Murray. No. It's Bill? Bill? Why can't I think of this well, guy? Describe name? him for me. Who, who, uh, the this guy. Is, you want to talk about dull to the listener. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Bill. Sorry. <laughs> I can't come up with his name right now, and it's All driving right. me insane. Um, guy who was in When Harry Met Sally. Oh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Thank you. See, yeah. I was thinking, Bill. if you would have said Billy, I would have followed with Crystal. Right. He Billy, was a cast member briefly when they brought on Harry Shearer. and uh, He was like a contract, like one year actor, like while he was already okay. successful. Yeah, that happened a little bit. It's The same thing happened for Martin Short. Right. And Dane Cook was offered the same thing really? at one point. Yeah, when he was like at the height of his career. They were like, will you come on for a season? And Christopher Guest was another one who they brought on who was already famous. Right. And they were going to... It was when they were trying to revitalize SNL, and I don't yeah. know if it was when Lauren was gone. There was a five-year period after the show had kind of just gotten running where the network was like, okay, step aside, we're going to have Dick Ebersol do this now. Right. And to his credit, Dick Ebersol hired Eddie Murphy. Right. But Which was huge. Huge. But it did flounder for a couple of years, and it yeah. seemed like a show that probably wasn't going to last forever. And in and around there was the Robert Downey Jr. slash Anthony Michael Hall year, which is largely considered to be the worst. Right. Um, yeah, there's there's been different approaches to who we hire. So so 70s I'm saying either Chevy or Bill. Bill. Okay. 80s I think Eddie Murphy. I, is I guess kind of the but clear. I'm the least attached to that. Like maybe I'm more inclined to say and maybe this is 90s. Like Dana Carvey. That's 90s, right? Well, it's 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 late 80s early 90s. Him and Mike Myers were both I, I always like Dana Carvey more than Mike Myers. I was a, always a big Dana Carvey fan too. Maybe that's a little bit sacrilege because we're Canadian, but I don't know. I just I I I really like Dana Carvey. I think he's a sweet person. Yeah, if you watch the the Inside the Actors Studio with Mike Myers, which I have multiple times, me too. It always makes me really like Mike Myers, though. I I just think that Dana Carvey can he can finally please let go of his George H W Bush. Right. <laughs> like it's yeah. time to put that one away. Right. <laughs> I love how much fun he has with his impressions still when he's on whatever though. Yeah, he still cares about it. Yeah, I think definitely he's actually a, a, like probably the original impressionist on SNL to a degree. Like they did impressions yeah. earlier on, but it wasn't like now they have a few people who that's their main thing. Right. Right. And it's an important they thing bring in them SNL on for their impressions. It's, it's yeah. an important place to see impressions and that was like his main skill right yeah you're right and and so it was jimmy fallon's main skill yeah that's true yeah um and 90s would you say will ferrell will ferrell was that 90s or was that like 2001 ish well he was on for what five years five six years i guess it was the 90s it had to be yeah had to include the 90s i think so and if not 90s, then who was on in the 90s? That I guess those are like kind of like the Farley, David Spade, Adam Sandler years as well. Sure, yeah, Adam Sandler so, would be like early 90s. Yeah, yeah, and then and then as you're moving towards later, Will Ferrell. Yeah, 
I, I'm Will Ferrell, Chris Kattan. I'm a huge yeah. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler fan. Yeah, they um, they would possibly be the 2010. Well, I mean, 2010s has has been pretty fruitful for the Saturday Night Live years. It well, it's when you out. it's when you bleed into Kenan Thompson and Bobby Moynihan. Yep. you know who are still on the show. Right. Do you know Kenan Thompson was the first cast member to be hired who'd been born after the show premiered? Oh wow! He was the first person to have been. He was he was twenty nine when he got the job. I think yep. is that right? Is he in his forties now? Oh, I would believe it all day. I guess yeah. He must have been twenty nine when the show was twenty. Yeah, yeah. Or he was twenty five when the show was twenty nine. I think yeah. that's what it was. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense because he's been on for eleven years. So right. he was twenty five years old when he got God, the job. How long is he going to be on for? What's his current contract on? I've like? heard a couple of stories of 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 Lorne going to people who are anxious yeah. about their job and saying, "Relax, you can work here as long as you want." I know oh, he's. Okay. I know he said it to Bill Hader. Oh, really? Um, but he must have said it to to Keenan and Bobby. Yeah. He must have. You know what's kind of funny is like you see someone like Pete Davidson who doesn't necessarily have a, a huge role, but he's kind of seen as like a young star yeah. of Saturday Night Live. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because his limited camera time is really valuable. Yeah, I think it, I think people find him to be really likable. He's really likable. He's, he's honest. I mean, he gets on Weekend Update as Pete Davidson, and yeah. he talks about like masturbating and smoking right. weed. Well, he's a great stand-up. Yes. And he's one of the few full-on stand-ups I think that they have right now. Yeah. A lot of them are, are the improv guys. It's interesting. In looking through the IMDb trivia of, of SNL today, I saw a lot of people who have auditioned for the show or even were on the show for a time who were definitely not comedians. They were just actors. Like Jennifer Aniston auditioned for SNL yeah. and didn't get the job. Or like right. even Kristen Wiig. Wanted to just be an actor. She considers herself an actress yeah. who does comedy, not a comedian. Right. If that's a word, still, word people still use. I don't know. Boy, I'm burpy. Excuse me. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I I really like Pete Davidson. He's very young. That's yeah. cool too. You don't see that a lot anymore. Mm-hmm. The cast yeah, he's only little... like twenty two. Yeah, he's younger than me. Yeah, which is like the first time that's happened in my life. Right. Um, It'll happen more. Yeah, I guess so. Trust me. I forget who has a joke about that. It might even be, might even be Louis about how you can measure how old you are by how much older you are than different people. Like it's a big milestone when you're older than the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover girl right like that's when you're older than her that's a big thing when you're older than the president that's a big thing oh god yeah um, i don't know who does that bit so i can't give it proper credit but like anyway. the whole like margot roby thing i was like oh god i'm older than her and then there's athletes all the time where you're like they're 21 they look like they're like 35 i felt this way they i went to the mooseheads game the other night and yeah. and like i i know in my head because i went to high school with mooseheads yeah. so like i know i know that they're 17, 18, maybe a little older than that. Right. But when they're on their skates that make them so much taller and they're doing like excellent athleticism. There's uh, a real paternal feature to that. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, protect me. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's true. I know exactly what you mean. And I, I would still have the same thing if I were on like the mezzanine level or the like concourse level with moose heads walking around the youngest person ever to be hired on snl was anthony michael hall he was 17 right 17 anthony michael hall was the like like of the brat pack yeah he was like the nerdy kid in the breakfast yeah. club sure okay um I, I thought he was in it he was 17 when he got brought in it seems a little too early seems a little too early the oldest person to get hired was 47 that's leslie, that was leslie jones. jones yeah yeah so 30 47. years discrepancy 
And there's somebody who's like, although part of the fame has come to her, and we've talked about this before as well, part of the fame has come to her through sympathy, and that's unfortunate. Like, she's had trolls, and so people are like, no, Leslie, you're great. And so, like, suddenly she's like a person we have to hug. Yeah. And I'm not sure that she wanted to become famous that way. No. But at the end of the day, this is like a funny person. But she became famous from, Chris Rock was basically like, hey, put her on the show. She's the funniest person He's told Lauren Michaels, this is the funniest woman I've ever met. Yeah. And so they put her on the show. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty raining endorsement. That's hard to get better than that. Yeah. Who yeah. Do we th- who's our predictions for hosts this year? Um, well, who's really relevant? Like, I, it's so interesting because, like... This or who would, do we think's going to be relevant because of maybe movies that are coming out? I'm or... trying to think about who, what movies are coming out. Like, Eddie Redmayne will probably come on and do it when Fantastic Beasts comes out. Okay. Um, maybe uh, what's-her-name from who played Eddie Redmayne's wife in The Theory of Everything, who's going to be in the Star Wars movie. Felicity Jones, maybe she'll be brought in. She's good. Well, speaking of Rogue One, maybe uh, Ben Mendelsohn from Bloodline. Oh. Which got canceled, by the way. He's in Rogue One. Did it get canceled or did they just say... Well, the word I'm I'm, I'm seeing around is canceled, but like Netflix chose to cancel it because they'll leave stuff on as long as they want. Yeah. That's surprising. It's cool, though. Like, I love when a show ends after three years. Totally. It will, and, and it might have come from them saying, okay, well, this had a, like, good end. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess kind of sucks for the show if the show wasn't like, we want it to end. We just happened to have the season end neatly. I don't know if I want to see this happen, but I could see it happening. Having those little kids from Stranger Things host SNL could happen. They have been... Mm everywhere You're right they have been on every talk show and very charming but yeah. the gaten Maserazzo or whatever his name is and millie bobby brown the two of them have been everywhere <laughs> millie bobby brown gets me every time yeah yeah makes, that's a funny name makes me just feel like like was it because of bobby brown that she's named millie bobby brown seems backwards it seems yeah. like not a good person to name a child <laughs> after a little white british girl yes oh she's <laughs> british too yeah Oh, crazy. Yeah. No, it's very strange. She's like, she gets up on the, the talk show coach and she like folds her legs neatly and she's yeah. like very posh and... Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. She's almost like a 40-year-old woman who's really tiny. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Like Dakota Fanning. Remember when Dakota Fanning was yeah. like a little girl? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is my aunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, be, this little eight-year-old. It won't surprise me if, if the the enormity of stranger things is capitalized on for for the sake of of snl because that's kind of what they do sure that seems like like an area they might go yeah i'm trying to think of like what other tv shows have been relevant yeah i don't know um well this won't be featured on snl but side note i watched the first two episodes last night of one mississippi yeah, Tignataro. Have you watched it? No, I heard her on a podcast talking about it, and I would watch it. I saw a trailer that seemed pretty funny. It's dark. Yeah. It's like, it is a dark comedy. It, I love her, and it's, there's something about the way she talks that's just funny. Yeah. Um. So maybe it's not even that it's a comedy, just that she's funny. But all of that terrible stuff she went through a couple years ago where she almost died and her mother did die and right she had like c diff and cancer it's just autobiographical she's playing tignataro with c diff whose mother just died right and it's 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 sad but it's good right i'll watch the rest of it sure yeah sorry for saying i'll have to check it out um you haven't said (laughs) this episode so that's good Right, I have not yet said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although <laughs> uh, it's going to be hard not to I if know. we're going to talk about SNL. Didn't Donald Trump bring him up in? Uh, yeah. What What did he say about? I, I, only, I, I just saw a sound clip. I watched the first hour and a bit of the debate, so I must have only missed maybe twenty minutes tops. Right. But I guess I guess towards the end he he used 
the names Howard Stern and Rosie O'Donnell in the same sentence, which is strange because he loves one of them and hates the other. He loves Howard Stern. Oh yeah, the the two of them. I wouldn't say they're friends. Like it's very hard to know where Howard stands on Donald Trump because right. it just kind of seems like Howard's egging him on. Right. And Donald's always been like a really good guest on the Howard Stern show because sure. the criteria for being a good guest on the Howard Stern show is are you, you going to answer my question? Yep. And Donald will. Yeah. So he 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 goes on and he's very pleasant to Howard and Robin because they give him an open forum and Howard is always very fair to his guest in spite of what a lot of people seem to think about him. Right. Um, I'm sure Howard is a Democrat. I'm sure he is. Yeah, I couldn't. But it's also his job to antagonize. And so his show wouldn't be what it is if they were just like, Trump's annoying. I'm with her. Hashtag I'm with her. Right. You know? So yeah, I I think that there, there's definitely, uh, not a friendship, but a common ground between Trump and Stern. That's interesting. That that has like a mutual respect kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. I uh, I really want to go back and see why he mentioned Howard Stern at all. You could find it. Yeah. I, I don't. Should I, be. I, I I did you watch any of the debate? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It you, was. You saw the whole curb your enthusiasm thing that they did. No. Well, like, uh, Donald Trump was just rambling on. Someone just did like a close pan in on like a slow pan in on Hillary's face while she was just kind of like <laughs> looking straight faced and it did the like I did notice at one point she gymmed to the camera yes you, you, she, she was saw that. she was doing a lot of gymming I think yeah that was yeah. kind of interesting yeah she I think was she should have done more I was a little bit nervous actually in the first 10-15 minutes and this is like what everybody's kind of agreed is that like Trump's best minutes were his first 10 or 15 I yeah. was like oh shit right. he is coming out stronger than her like she's kind of frantic and, and, and then he's... it got to the point where you're like is he gonna say like coloreds or something <laughs> yeah. at some point oh yeah no after after that it was like all right this is this yeah, is what I'm more like what I expected it'll be interesting to see how the next one goes yeah it's so true I mean this debate is so much more Hollywood than they've ever been before and like, they're not they're, supposed to be this entertaining they're not supposed to be but there was all this talk more. about how they were gonna have Super Bowl ratings and like they invented drinking games yeah. out of out of the out of the debate like every time he says china you take a shot every right. time somebody lies you take a shot every time there's reference to uh, in, in private email server you take right. a shot did anybody get horrible alcohol poisoning yeah. during the <laughs> and, debate and that's that's not as new but like the fact that they were showing this in bars yeah i think that's a new thing People were watching it as like a piece of entertainment right. for sure. But this whole election has been a piece of entertainment. It's not about policy. No, it's about it's about the antics and the and the the bullying and the the fire fanning. The whole damn country's going down the drain. It's going crazy. It's going crazy. It's it's really crazy. I don't know what to expect. When's the next one? I don't even know. I have no idea. Like you got to think the elections in early November. Yeah. So it's within the next like month. Yeah. That's. Cr- God, maybe it's next week. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get around to watching the the pilot of SNL again. I've seen it before. Right. George Carlin was the host. It's oh, so interesting to go back and watch the first first episode because now they've got this really stringent formula for SNL that yeah. they occasionally veer from, but they're usually pretty strict to it. They cold open. They credits. They monologue. They uh, commercial parody. They yeah. sketch. They sketch. They music performance, they update, they sketch, 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 sketch music, music performance, performance. sketch, yeah. good nights. It's the it's the same format they use every single week. And and they didn't have that for a really long time. 
Um, it took them a while to get that. It took them, uh, and, and I guess that's fine. That's yeah. that's kind of what makes it really cool to go back and, and look at it. But like, uh, George Carlin was the host, but he wasn't in any sketches. Oh yeah, that was a really weird. I he forgot. Just, I remember he just watching all that. Stood episodes. on the set, and in between almost every sketch, he did a little monologue. Right. It was just him doing stand up in between the cast members doing performances. Yeah. Same with with Paul Simon. He was the second host in episode two. He wasn't in any sketches, and he didn't do a monologue. He just did like five music performances. Right. And so he was the host of SNL. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. Like in the first season, I'm not sure how long this lasted, but I don't think it lasted beyond the first season, maybe two. Jim Henson was a really important staple in SNL. Do you remember yeah, this? Yeah, I forgot like, about that. So they had they like, actually had like puppet things. Featuring going. Jim Henson's Muppets, but it wasn't Kermit the Frog and Big Bird. Right. It was like these these darker new characters <laughs> that are nowhere now. Right. Uh, so that's a strange thing. And Andy Kaufman wasn't technically a cast member, but he was often featured. He was on a lot too. And they did, they did some animated shorts back in the day. Um, like, cause they, pretty much right from the beginning. Well, yeah, they still do that sometimes, don't they? I don't know if they've done an animated short in a long time, but they do digital shorts. Well, they used to do like ambiguously gay duo. Right. Like that they, and that was before digital shorts. Like digital shorts started happening when I was in high school. And I remember watching the first like Lazy Sunday digital short live and being like, whoa, that's really crazy. I think that's going to become something. It's really, it's been, I think, extremely valuable to the relevance of SNL in like modern day that they had somebody back then, like early on enough, who was smart enough to go, we need to be accessing viral comedy right. we need to be a part of this if we want to be relevant in comedy forever sure. and now Things and now they're just share. they've just contributed to to what a viral video is what the definition of a viral video is so they're part of that history yeah and now they're as relevant as always yeah but they need to always have somebody around who can say <laughs> we need to be a part on. of this yeah and so maybe that's why because Lawrence an old man maybe that's why he hires people who sometimes you're like I don't get this guy because there's a chance that this guy's going to be a part of a revolution, right? Comedically, yeah. Is that too strong a word? No, I think I think that totally makes sense. You know, having someone who is on board with the whole viral YouTube campaign. I mean, for that matter, you could be like, this person's really funny on Twitter. Like, is there any reason that? But maybe they've made those mistakes and brought you know people on to write their tweets or something, yeah. and then been like okay well that wasn't important enough let's bring someone on who wants to do youtube okay cool that's super popular let's totally hire all the lonely island guys can we talk about weekend update for yeah, a second and absolutely. just like like this is a thing that was a segment in the first episode like was it so all... this is like the longest running portion yeah and i think it was chevy chase was the original anchor i'm chevy chase yeah. and you are not was yeah. that that was his his catchphrase yeah um and it was like him and that uh jane because uh, Jane something. Oh, oh Jane Curtin? Right. Yeah. And he'd always say, Jane, you ignorant slut. Yeah, that was... Was that him or Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd said that. That was Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was after Chevy left a year later. But it was so interesting. Right. If you go back and watch Weekend Update in the 70s, they're reading the copy off of sheets of paper on their desk. Like, they don't even have cue cards made up right. for them to stare at the camera. They definitely don't have graphics over, to their, over their shoulders. And it's funny that now they even use cue cards. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole show have, is on cue cards. Yeah. The whole 90-minute script is on cue cards. cards. It's yeah. amazing. I find that strange. Like, why haven't they started using teleprompters or anything? I guess 
Uh, well, Hiring I mean, more people. They they say that the cue cards are supposed to be placed such that you won't look like you're looking into the camera. Right now, but you can see that oftentimes you can, you, they're looking in like such a weird direction. You can usually see. Yeah, and I've heard some actors argue that no, if they were actually looking at the cue cards then that means it looked like they were looking where they were supposed to look or that just kind of seems like bullshit. Like I I don't care so much if it's, if, if you're not that good at hiding your cue card reading, I think the long-term cast members should be better at it. Uh, But it it just kind of speaks to a thing that a lot of people don't consider, which is that this show wasn't written on Monday and they've been rehearsing it ever since the show was being written up until an hour ago. And the line has been changed. I don't know how many different times throughout rehearsals and they need those to stay on top of their timing. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of part of the theater of SNL. Yeah, you're right. I wanted to say weekend update has kind of informed a whole new uh, segment of the comedy culture. And we've talked a lot about the daily show on the podcast before and it's importance. Mm -hmm. If I can use a grand word, uh, the Daily Show probably wouldn't exist without the advent of Weekend Update, right? No, I don't think so. Did they do the original news anchor spoof? Is that what that I, was? I can't say for sure that they did, but I think they did the first popular one, the first thing that people would reference. Right. And and that's that's kind of turned into this whole other thing. And, and The Daily Show has kind of become a mini SNL in that yeah. its, its correspondents and cast members have gone off and been nominated for Academy Awards. Totally. So that's... Who got nominated for an Academy Award? Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. It's just an example. I mean, a lot of those people have their own talk shows now. Sure, or Steve and Colbert and John Oliver. And... Or are hosting uh, The Daily Show itself, right? Right. So I, I just think that's kind of interesting. And it's still, I think, a lot of people's favorite thing. Because at the end of the day, one thing we can all appreciate in comedy is a joke. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe not a sketch, but if it's a joke that was right. clever and I didn't come up with it. I always try right. to I always try to beat them to to that as they're reading really? it. I'm always like, "Oh, can I get something up that's really funny?" You're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I'm never watching SNL with you again. I mean, I don't say it out loud. Right. I just like hold it in. Oh, see. And if, and if it's ever on the same page as what I think it was I don't think it's that funny. Then but if it really surprises me, that's when I think. So you expect something more of them. Yeah, totally. I see. See, then I'm the worst because if I come up with the punchline before they do, I have to say it out loud so everyone in the room knows that <laughs> I, I came up with it. Because did it. Because if you just go, oh, I knew they were going to say that, that doesn't have any teeth. Right. <laughs> I'm <Yes>. a narcissist. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know. I took I took a handful of notes, but we've we've already covered most of it. The thing is, and I wanted to say this at the front of the podcast, we just cannot do justice to forty two years of SNL. No, we need to do forty two episodes. You could do a whole podcast just on SNL, and yeah. there probably are a handful of those. I think there are. Yeah, I think we talked about doing an SNL podcast. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, but there was just there was a bunch already. Um, we talked about how Kate McKinnon won her Emmy last week. It's yep. actually the 50th Emmy that SNL ever won. Oh, wow. It's kind of nice. That's big. So that's cool for her. That's a big one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's all I got. Who do you okay. like on the current cast the most? Uh, I'm having a hard time remembering them. I would have said Taron Killam, even yeah. though he hasn't really been that that crucial the last little while. Taron Killam's a solid choice. But he's gone. He's gone. I like Pete Davidson. I don't, I don't get Beck Bennett. I don't care. No? I don't get Kyle Mooney. Yeah, you really don't get Kyle Mooney. No, fuck I like that Beck guy. Bennett. Uh, back then, I, I don't. I really hate that sketch where he plays the man in a baby's body. <laughs> I love it. I I don't think it's funny. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Okay. I like eighty a lot. I like Cecily a lot. I like 
I'm trying to think of the other guys. I mean, I like Keenan and Bobby because they're like family at this yeah, point. Yeah, sure. You know? Um, and I like the update guys. Like, I, I think that a lot of people, it's interesting. It really speaks to how people are never satisfied because people seem to like Seth Meyers doing that weekend update job because he did it for like a decade. He did it right. for so long that you got, you you really didn't remember what anything else was, was like before. They it. like what they're familiar with. I'm well, sure if they did that for a couple of years with, with Jost and Jay, they would, people would be on board. I think, I think the ratings would only go up. For I it. think it's pretty good. And I, I, I don't, I think Che's a little sloppy. Like he kind of extemporizes too much for my liking. He seems to want to criticize, like not criticize, but comment on every joke after it's told. Right. Every time the camera is handed over to him, he's like, Oh, well I'm a black guy. And but you so, know what? I think that, I think that at a certain point, like that's being encouraged. Yeah, it must be. He wouldn't be doing it this much if he yeah. was told not to do it. Right. I have to assume. But I like their rapport together. Yeah. Cause, and they ham it up a little bit, but it really works because they, they, they're very different. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. Um, people are criticizing them because they're not as quite as tight as Seth Meyers. Nobody reads cue cards like Seth Meyers. No. He never trips up. And everybody says Seth, Seth Meyers' talk show sucks. Well, Seth Meyers is doing so much weekend update on his talk show now. <laughs> he, is, he is the best late night talk show right now. Yeah. The best one. So people are never satisfied. Hamilton. Yeah, that's true. Hamilton. <laughs> and with the buzzword, right. Hamilton. Exactly. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to bring up on this? Uh... I think that I'm never going to be satisfied with this this subject matter. We, we just can't. You're I, we, not going to be satisfied no matter how many times you listen to this. You're just going to say, yeah, Oh, we left this out. We left this out. We left this right. out. We, we, just, we didn't do justice. What do you think out. was like the, the best skit ever on Saturday Night Live? Oh, that's a good question. That's a tough one. That's and you know, again, the, like there I kinda, are so many famous ones. I have to stick to the stuff that I watched live because, yeah. like, that's when it like really hits you. Right. Um. You know what is a sketch that I didn't get at all at first, and like eventually I started to get was the Californians. Okay. Like it took me a long time to to get why this was funny, right. and then when I got it, I got it. Yeah. And the same thing can be said for uh, a desk bit that Fred and Kristen did, Garth and Cat. You remember that? Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was, but I didn't at first. the The premise was that they were uh, a folk song duo, mm -hmm. and they were trying to promote their new album, but they were never prepared enough to perform on Weekend Update. Right. But what I didn't realize at first, which made the segment so much funnier, was that. Fred was going to lead. And then once you start to know that, you watch Kristen and it becomes a lot funnier. Yeah. So they, when they make up songs on the spot, Fred's making them up because he's a great improviser, but she's not improvising. All she's doing is trying to guess what he's going to say. Yeah. And trying to copy it. Exactly. And it's perfect. Yeah. I loved that. Um, I don't know. Do you have a favorite sketch of all time? I don't know. Don't say cowbell. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't know that I do though. Like, just trying to think. I really liked a Nassim Pedrad sketch they did, I think only twice. Once with Tina Fey and once with Alec Baldwin, where they played her parents. She was this character. Yeah, and she was the, the like, the kid who was... She played, a, like, a teenager who just thought that her parents were the coolest. Were so cool. Like, yeah. Classic dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I loved that sketch. Right. I, I, that might have been why I fell in love with her. That, that was super funny. Yeah. She was great. I don't know why they didn't try to keep her on for longer. She was... Well, she left. She left to be on Mulaney. Right. Oh, that was why she left. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, I'm trying to think here. I don't know. I would say it's it was maybe something with Bill Hader or Andy Samberg or 
Will Ferrell, but I I can't even really remember. I I thought I one of the funniest things was a, a digital short with uh, Louis C.K. playing uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. That was great. That was a, a really good one. But that was just like something that I just thought of off the top of my head. Yeah. Thinking back, oh, that was really funny. There's another one that was really good with Bill Hader. I think a lot of people referenced this one. Uh, it's I, I think it's I think the premise is they're in like a, a puppeteering class. Do you know the one I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Where you're like yeah. learning how to be a puppeteer, right. and he has this alter ego, which is this like Vietnam War vet, <laughs> yeah, who's a puppet, and he yeah. just says the craziest shit. Right. It's one of my favorite sketches for That's sure. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I but nothing's coming to me. You know? No, I know. You just remember and how that, much you love these people. I think that the the cheerleading sketch was always really good with Will Ferrell and um, of course, yeah. I always really like Girlfriends Talk Show. I wish they do that a little bit more. Like they still have the people for that, right? Uh, I think that's like a really good one. Yep. And I'd like when they do Family Feud because it's a good vehicle for impressions. Yeah, that's yeah, right. usually like Celebrity Family Feud and is, any of the game shows that they do is just a, a good vehicle for impressions or whatever the hot topic is right now well and speaking of game shows on louis ck he did a really good uh he did black jeopardy do you remember that yes. one where he's just like trying not to say racial slurs yes that's so perfect for louis ck too yeah because yeah. he can play the like kind of quiet awkward guy yeah but you've also like, heard him say the n-word before <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> anyway He's good. He he's a guy who's like famous now who auditioned for SNL back in the day. One of the funniest skits that he did actually was like that one where he goes to AD Brian's door and it's like he's trying to get back together with her. Oh my god. But he's just like out of his mind. Like it doesn't make any sense what he's saying <laughs> to her. And he's like uh, I, I can't even remember any quotes. I just remember like dying laughing sure. watching the skit. We'll have to watch it once we turn this off. Okay, I don't know the sketch. Uh, we'll look it up. Anything else you want to say? I, I don't, I, <laughs> I, seriously, everybody's watched SNL. So tweet us what yeah. we left out. At what Show time Show are Podcast. we at right now? We're, we're at an hour 19. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so this was a fine podcast. It was a good podcast. I enjoyed I my so. time with you. I think so too. I think we, we, uh, I think we bonded a little bit. I think we covered a lot of topics that we wanted to cover. Did I we think... go off book enough that it I, won't I, I be think boring? We definitely went off book. I think we go off book at the beginning, especially. We didn't tonight. No, okay. not really. No, but we we sidestepped a little bit so I could talk about elevators or something. Sure. <laughs> talk. Oh, right. Talk about small talk. Right. Yeah. But, oh, fucking small talk. <laughs> but we uh, we hit the one nineteen mark, and that's always our gold standard. We just try and get to 119. Yeah. That's that's most important. Always yeah. hit 119. Never trust Will Smith. And uh, I forget. I made one up last week, but I forget what it was. Michael B. Jordan's The Future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so specific. I like that one. But he is. <laughs> but it's true. Maybe he'll host. Oh, that could definitely happen. If he hosts this year, we're going to have to do a specific episode just on that. Just talking about <laughs> Michael B. Jordan? Yep. We just have a marathon of Michael B. Jordan movies. That'd be great. I've, I've liked everything I've seen him in. Totally. All right, he's the future. Have a great week. And enjoy SNL this Saturday. You going to watch it live? Uh, when was the last I've time you watched it live? I've got a friend's engagement party, so I'm, no, I'm not going to watch it live. I'm going to record it. You have another friend getting married? Yeah, all my friends getting married. Good God. Yeah, you have I, not had a weekend free of wedding stuff in how long? I it's, it's Yeah, it's been a while. It's been at least like four weeks just between like bachelor party, engagement party, wedding. That's bananas. Bachelor party. Yeah. Well, that does that That's does insane. that put any pressure on you? Uh, to buy a present? No, personal question. I'm trying to uh, trying to like. I don't know what you're talking about. Trying to do gotcha journalism right <laughs> now. <laughs> you're trying to get a hot take. Yeah. 
Uh, you got a scoop, a Slaney scoop. No, I don't think so. I think that would be kind of inauthentic if that's the reason that I got married. Wow. Was you, because a lot of other people That's were. the best answer I've ever heard. Yeah. That's such a good answer. Oh, thanks, that's man. such a political answer. Yeah. <laughs> you I would win the debate. True to my real self. Way to go. I'm proud <laughs> of you. Never go outside.